This is the Army of the Dead Castlevania sound check. Cross gen. Check. <gasps> check. 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 See, check. you gotta just stop. Check. You know, check. Why, why, why are you whispering? Check. You know, we've been check. having these issues. Check. And check. You're whispering. Check. Why are you check. whispering? Not supposed to be whispering. Is that the day for Vegito coming to Dragon Ball? Legends? No, it's not. Oh my. Is he? Is he? Is he? No. Bandai. No, there's been like, I I keep seeing things, bro. You see what you want to see. No. Jesus. Vegito is coming, and it's stupid. Oh, and before before I forget, um, we're going to be taking off next week because here in the States, we're going to be celebrating Memorial Day. So we're going to be out barbecuing and enjoying the long weekend. But don't worry, because we'll be back the following Tuesday with another exciting episode. So please make sure to check us out then. I happen to think that the end of Castlevania was okay. No. I mean, it was... No. Those, the, the two episodes before were completely awesome. I understand that the last episode Stop. had to kind of wrap up everything. Anyway, um, welcome everybody to the CrossGen Podcast. My name is Walt, and I'm joined here by my two wonderful boys, AJ and Eli. Guys, say hi. Bye. 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 Hi, not bye. Bye. Oh, gosh. All right. Thank you for joining the CrossGen Podcast. See you guys later. No, anyway. Um, yeah, so we're, we're talking, obviously, about Castlevania. We just finished watching... Season 4, which is the last season of Castlevania, but we're also going to be talking about the number one show slash movie on Netflix right now, and that is Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, which, um, well, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll give my impressions on it when we start talking about it, but let's talk about Castlevania. Oh, but before we do... Um, I just want to invite everybody to please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Uh, we know you like the show, so let us know. Anyway, let's get on with the show. Um, Castlevania, final season of Castlevania. I think we were all looking forward to it, yes. right? Which is interesting because the first season of Castlevania was only four episodes, which, if you think about it, was ridiculously crazy at the time, right? Because I remember watching it and getting to the fourth episode and then the thing ending. And it was like, that's it? That's all we're getting? So for the people who don't know, and I'm going to preface this episode by saying that everything that we're going to be talking about going forward is spoilery. Spoiler alert territory. Spoiler alert all the way. We are warning you ahead of time that we are going to be talking about the main elements of both Castlevania and the Netflix movie Army of the Dead. So you guys have been warned. So season one through two of Castlevania really dealt with Trevor Belmont and 
another character, Saifa, right, who is a speaker, quote unquote. She's a magician. Let's put it that way, right? She she's a a, a wizard magician. You know, deals with the the magic and all that other stuff. She has powers, right? And their whole deal was they had to stop Dracula. Dracula was um, living in Targoviste, right? No. He was not? He was no. off off somewhere? He was in his castle. What happened was... Please remind his me. His castle was somewhere in Wallachia. Wallachia is the country this takes place in. Right, yeah, exactly. Eventually, though, the castle, because this moves. is a castle that moves... It eventually does make its way to Targoviste, but it doesn't stay there long again as it's a moving castle. Eventually, it gets anchored to a place called the Belmont Hole. But, like, 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 like previously stated, before it got locked down there, it was the kind of castle that moved, believe it or not. So it, it did stop at Targoviste, and tell me if I'm wrong, but that's where he met the love of his life. Lisa Te- Tepes? Okay, so I'm totally wrong here. Andre, why don't you do the synopsis? Because apparently I'm my brain isn't working today. So he meets he meets let's put it this way. He meets Lisa Tepes. Lisa No. Well that's no, that's not her. Yeah, that's true. No. Um I don't remember her life. See, it's funny because I actually rewatched season one not too long ago. Mm-hmm. I don't remember her last name, but yes, her her name is Lisa, and they eventually get married because what happens is that everyone knows Dracula. Everyone wants to stay away from Dracula. Well, they don't know him for well. They know him in that he's a legend around there in Wallachia, but this doesn't make her run away. She wants to learn science, and apparently the only place to feasibly learn science is from Dracula. So, Lisa never had a last yeah. name in the show. Lisa. They only referred to her as Lisa. Of Lupus. Yep. Okay, yeah, so. Yeah. It wasn't a last name, it was. It was just of, where she was from. Yeah. Okay. You know. So there, so there you go, so. Eventually, they do get married, and she becomes Lisa, Lisa Tepes, who is the last name of the aforementioned Dracula. Blah, yes, blah, his blah. full name is <laughs> Vlad Dracula, Dracula Tepes. Yes. There you go. So, what eventually happens is that people are... This, this is a time where magic and science are kind of considered the same thing. Yeah. in a way and you know it's it's also referred to as unholy anything that of those type of things so it, it's kind of like almost the inquisition and stuff like the salem witch trials and, and, and hunt, hunts and stuff where anybody who's you know practicing magic and science are considered heretics and basically are killed and and then yeah, and that's what happens here. And that kind of so they there's a one main character. Um, I forget his name. He's the the reverend or the the, the head priest of 
that particular town's... You can call him the bishop. He eventually becomes the bishop of this place, but he was a bishop, and his name... He was the bishop of... He eventually becomes the bishop of Threadwood. Okay. He has... He is very, very... Uh, in, in this show, religiously fanatic. And so he comes upon Lisa and and knowing that he she has ties to Dracula, she go he goes in and kinda he kills her. He he puts her on the stake and burns her, which infuriates Dracula because Dracula was actually trying to be a good man or a good vampire because of his interactions with Lisa. And again, this kind of reinforced the fact that humans are inherently evil in his eyes. And so he goes on a murdering spree of the town with grander ideas of just wiping out the human race in its entirety. And so, you know, he's at, he has the command of his vampire army, who is kind of at odds with this at this point because, hey, let's, let's be real, vampires need humans. So the fact that he wants to annihilate the entire human race is kind of against their their thing, but they go along with it. And along the way, we meet two other humans in his vampire court. Um, that is Hector and Isaac. And they perform very, very specific roles for Dracula, doesn't it? Don't they? Yeah. So they're basically um, also kind of wizards, right, in a sense, because they have the ability to raise the dead and make them into night creatures, which then becomes inscripted into Dracula's army. So his his army is not only composed of just vampires, but he's got a full legion of night creatures at his disposal. Yes. So that, that kind of sets the stage for what happens. And of course, you know, Belmont... Um, Trevor Belmont, which is the main protagonist, the main protagonist of the show, um, along with Cipher, they also meet Dracula's son, Alucard, which fans of video games should know all these people, right? But Alucard is half man, half human, half uh, vampire. Yep. Um, the offspring of Dracula and Lisa Tepish. Correct. But he doesn't share the same worldview as Dracula. He's very much against Dracula. And um, eventually, the group finds their way to Dracula's castle. And in a pretty epic and kind of emotional showdown, Alucard then kills Dracula to end season two. Right? Season three is kind of dealing with the backlash of that, you know, because now Dracula is gone and there's kind of like a an open power struggle amongst the vampires. Especially since a lot of the highest-ranking vampires also died when uh, Dracula died. Right, exactly. But there are still people left over from his court, namely Carmilla and her sisters, who kind of rise... Um, in power and kind of take over vampire dumb, I guess, in a sense, right? Um, you have Carmela, you have uh, Fiona, 
right? Is that her name? No. You have Carmilla, you have Morana, you have Striga, and you have... Oh. That's the one. I can't remember her name. Um, she's... Yeah, she's attached to Lenore. Hector, Lenore, yes, thank you. you. Why did I think Fiona? I'm thinking Shrek here. I'm I'm all over the place. I I apologize today, people, because I am way are all over you the place. Doing in my swamp. Imagine that. Dracula versus <laughs> Shrek. I think Shrek wins. <laughs> Shrek wins. Because because Donkey has onions. <laughs> so it may not be garlic, but onions have layers. So, anyway, uh, so yeah, so you have the four sisters, and they they each kind of do their own thing, right? Carmela is really the the leader. Um, Lenore is more, yeah, Lenore is more the diplomat. Striga, definitely the military tactician. Um, Morana is what the is strategist. The, okay, there you go. So they all kind of have places within this hierarchy that has been created by Carmilla. Um, But as we go through season three, we kind of see Carmilla's strategy changing just a little bit. Lenore kind of takes on Hector as almost like a a human slave, in a sense, right? And Isaac is kind of banished. He's kind of, he was kind of, thrown by Dracula during the Battle of Season 2, and he's kind of... Saved? Right, right. Well, not not banished in the sense that... But banished in the sense that he's far removed from where they are, and he's struggling to try and get back. Yeah. You know? And he clearly has revenge on his mind, and he is building a gigantic army of night creatures. So that kind of sets the stage for Season 3, and... Alucard has kind of retreated back into Dracula's castle, which he now claims as his own. But he's kind of like um, separated himself from the world. You know, he's he's feeling, I guess, remorse in a sense. He's feeling like Dracula. Yeah, you know, so he's he's kind of sheltered himself. And Belmont and Sypha are happily going around on adventures. Until then. Until they're not. <laughs> right. Because they end up in a town um, which clearly has issues. <laughs> but well, we'll, not so clear first. Well, there, there is some hint of it. There's issues. There's issues. There, there, yeah, there, there eventually becomes some really big really, issues. Really, really big issues there. So, um... Season 3 kind of bleeds into season four because we continue to see Carmela's scheming and again her scheming extends from you know creating a sort of pen of humans that uh, vampires can feed from to almost conquering the world right no pretty much outright conquering the planet right exactly and in the known world. It doesn't look like they're factoring in the Americas. <laughs> right. That That is true. Um, 
meanwhile, Alucard has a he he meets two individuals who that was in season three. Right, we're still in season three. No, but that... I'm saying it's blending in. I'm trying to oh, okay. get everything there. So he he meets two individuals who kind of trains them, but then kind of betray him at the same time afterwards. And the Belmont and Cypher duo end up in this place called Lindenfeld. And they meet a a person who's going to take on huge significance in season four, St. Germain. And so basically what's going on in Lindenfield is that there is a, again, a, a fanatic religious sect that wants to bring hell on earth. They have, they've got, they found this night creature that can open this thing called the infinite corridor. They didn't want to bring hell on earth. They, they just kind of got confused. Yeah. Is the better word. They, they thought resurrecting this being, right? No, it's more so that they captured it and just kind of started worshipping it instead of killing it. It's weird. <laughs> but there was clearly intent on doing something because they eventually did resurrect and, and powered up this this ancient being, this, this night creature of significance who takes the souls of everybody in Lindenfeld for the most part and opens up this infinite corridor. And St. Germain is kind of a, a person that has a lot of interest in this infinite corridor. So suffice to say, there's this huge battle at the end of season three, and they end up closing it thanks to St. Germain's help. So we think that everything is hunky-dory and St. Germain's a hero and stuff like that, but wait until we get into season four. Season four is an eye-opener in many, many respects, right? So, season four has Belmont and Cypher really, really tired from their adventures. They're kind of rethinking their whole strategy here. Um, But they're getting closer emotionally. You know, um, they actually form a relationship outside of just work, (laughs) you know. And um, there is now new characters here, Varney in particular. So, Varney of London. Varney of London, who is hell-bent on resurrecting Dracula. There's a very good reason why at the end of the season. Right. So, um, Alucard is is still kind of sheltered over in his castle, but there are instances of night creatures attacking all over the country. And so, um, Greta from Donest, Donesti, is, yeah, is that Donesti? Uh, a neighboring village comes and asks Alucard for his help in protecting the village from the night creatures. And so that's actually his first interaction with really anybody since the events of season three, three right? So, you know, again, he's kind of reluctant, but he does it anyway. Belmont and Cypher are kind of 
in a different place. They go, head back to Targovista, where... After having acted, not... Or reacted, not acted. Right. They've been, they've been on the run, basically, being attacked constantly by night creatures and not having a chance to rest. And that has been really a big issue in season four, you know, the fact that they're really, really tired. And like, like Andre said, AJ said, they have been reacting to what's going on instead of acting in a forward way. And uncovering the plot that certain members want to revive Dracula. Right. Which leads us to the reveal that St. Germain is also part of that plot too which was kind of a weird revelation for us at the beginning, right? Because in season three, he was he clearly seemed to be a heroic individual, right? What do you guys think about the whole St. Germain twist in season four? I think that was a very interesting place to take it. Um, it kind of, <laughs> especially once you get to the end, you'll, you'll, you'll really see how and why this all together but when we first saw it it was kind of left field like wait so now he's bad no <laughs> and he's got a very specific reason for quote unquote being bad right yes or breaking bad ah, <laughs> you know uh, uh, i didn't really like it in fact i don't really like saint germain's character um for the most part so it was sort of weird seeing, it's just weird with this character seeing how he changes from this to that uh, in this season. So I just really didn't like it at all. It's not know. warped. Yeah, but still, no, I didn't like it. Okay. Um, Eli, why don't you talk about Varney of London? Oh. <laughs> what, what did you think about his inclusion in the, in the final season? Barney is a very interesting character, to say the least. Basically, for most of most of uh, season four, he was mainly trying to bring back uh, Dracula, like you guys said. He was working with what my guy Ratko. Ratko, the militant. I thought it was Svatko. No, Ratko. Oh, it's Ratko. Yeah. Ratko. I Ratko. said Svat. No, no. He is <laughs> Russian, but he's not that Russian. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, he's the Russian militant. He's actually a really cool character, yeah, right? Yeah, I know. He's, you know? He's very... He's very... Uh, he's very compliant until the end. Yeah. You know, he's he's kind of like the soldier that follows orders, despite the fact that he hates his commander, you know? So, they're doing their thing, and they're trying to figure out um, ways to bring back Dracula. I believe that they were working with Hector um, at the time. Yes. And St. Germain, of course. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, Varney, or I should say, wait, what is it? Varney of London, <laughs> right? Varney of London, which you guys should know, of course, because he's Varney of London, right? Varney of London, he's he's interesting, right? I said that. Because it, it doesn't be look like he, it doesn't look like he's gonna pan out to be he's, anything. He's a nobody. That's what's so interesting about him. He's literally a nobody. He's there for to serve the purpose of doing nothing except for bringing back Dracula. And he's a nobody that's 
acting like he's a somebody. Yeah. He's got that complex about him, <laughs> right? Until you get to the end. Until we get to the end, which is a, a mind-blowing reveal. One that kind of came out of left field for me. Yeah. You know? Even though they did kind of hint at it before, but we didn't, we didn't catch that at all. Yeah. Right? But we'll, we'll get to that shortly, right? So let's talk about Carmilla and her, her scheming and stuff because Carmilla plays a very interesting role and she finds uh, her demise was kind of awesome in a way, right? It was yeah. one of the, the high points of season four. Um, she, is, she is clearly attempting to... She's a tyrant. She, yeah, basically, right? And she's, she's become more and more radicalized and I think part of the reason was the fact that the sisters were split this season. And they even mentioned that during the season as well. I think Lenore had a conversation with Hector regarding that, that when they're together, they're the strongest. But when they're apart, Camilla kind of gets into her conspiracy theory corner and starts scheming and stuff. And I think that's what basically is at play here. She's left with her thoughts by herself for way too long. And so, you know, the revenge and, and, you know, the abuse that she suffered at the hands of man um, kind of come to the forefront in her plans. Um, but eventually, Isaac shows up because Isaac is on full-on revenge mode. And Isaac's journey has been very, very interesting, right? To say the least. One of the most awesome characters in the show. Period. Just without a doubt. Yeah. Isaac is just his character is also interesting to say the least. Because the 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 character building, the how he's changed over time is just it's growth to the point where he it's just his uh, it shows how more how much <coughs> more human he is and i think that, that which is really... funny because they started out those two him and hector as hating humans yeah right and that's what i'm saying he had he had um a really good character building arc especially in season three and that also went to season four where it started to where it built up to this main part right but yeah isaac is just i think isaac has had probably the the biggest um, world building, character building in the show, right? Yeah. He's literally the guy that went on a journey. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, out of all the characters, he his character not only went on a journey, but his character building was a journey. Right? Because he had to come from wherever the hell he was deposited, right? And he had to find his way back. And so, boy, does he find his, his way back, right? He leads an assault on Carmilla's uh, compound with that entire army of night creatures that he's created. Um, and he's leading them there for a very specific reason. He's, he's going there. Well, he's going there not only for Carmilla, right? He was going to go there for Hector, but Hector also changed in a way because of being like forced to serve... Carmilla in her court, so he was kind of like, yeah, so 
I, I have this coming, Isaac. I, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you there. So you know what? Do what you want. But then Isaac, having grown, realizes that he that Hector didn't have the agency he probably would have attributed to him had he not been had he not changed so much. He, he's grown that much wiser and he, he, he kind of sees that so he's like no you know what you're good like I understand where you're coming from kind of thing mm. but this is certainly not the case for Carmilla because he just like yeah no you, you are the source of well part of the source of this yeah they both come to that re- realization you know, um, Hector clearly doesn't like what Carmilla's doing, and Isaac did. Isaac didn't know prior to getting there what Carmilla was going to do. So his first intention was just to kill Hector. But as he was there, then he realized what Carmilla's intentions was, and decided that's probably not a good thing for everybody either. So you know what? Maybe we should kind of get rid of her also. And what a fight, right? That, that was, was a pretty insane fight. That yeah. was. So very Hector shows that he can he can keep up with the vampire of, of that power. And Carmilla's power was really Isaac. I mean Isaac, yeah, I'm sorry. And Carmilla really put on a show. <laughs> Did she not? Yeah. So um, Carmilla dies. Hector is left to his own. You know, he is given a second chance. Isaac decides, you know what? I'm going to use my powers to try and make this a better world. You know? So their kind of their arc is kind of finished at this point. Yeah. He also manages to talk Hector into not reviving Dracula. Yes. Yeah. So he kind of just goes off to the side too. He's not involved in that anymore. Which is interesting because what exactly was his role in uh, reviving Dracula again? He was literally getting all the magic ready for them. Like he was setting it up for Varney and he was I guess consulting with St. Germain indirectly through Varney who we'll get to that very very shortly. Right. And so those two are magicking it up and making sure that everything, this is how it needs to happen type thing. Okay. So he's providing the magic tutelage, so to speak, in in a sense. Because St. Germain is pretty well versed in that also. Yeah. That's why I say part of it. Okay. So let's get to Belmont and Cypher quickly because they end up back in Targev East. And um, it's funny because... I that's where you see the fallen kingdom and there's an underground kingdom and stuff like that. And within that <laughs> underground kingdom there, they've been hoarding treasures, right? Did they mention they were just grabbing stuff all over the place, well, right? They already had a treasure stash. If I remember correctly, it's just, they were taking things from the treasure stash that and might help it. them. Right. Um, but Clearly, the person that was running the place was a little bat crazy, yeah. so to speak. Um, 
because we find out that she's trying to protect rulers that have died um, for quite a bit. Yeah. And literally, they're on the throne as skeletons. So they're she's come back and save us all. Yeah. So she she's <laughs> lost it, but Varney eventually finds his way there. And it's funny because the way they get there is that one of the people they find and kill basically have a tracking spell type thing. Which is <laughs> crazy, like right? Pure luck. Like... <laughs> that was Ratko's plan, right? Yeah. Ratko was the one that initiated that thing, right? Yeah, because he, I guess, saw it for what it was. Mm-hmm. So Varney ends up in the place, and he's looking for a very specific thing, but we get that awesome fight between uh, Ratko and Belmont. Which was an amazing fight. It wasn't even really a fight, though. Well, that's true because Ratko, which is weird because Ratko kind of overpowers Belmont the entire fight. I know. You know? That's actually then they start going blow for blow. Well, it was, I don't know, Ratko. If Ratko I was, was scoring the fight, though, I would give it to yeah, Ratko, Ratko, though. Was, you know? He definitely won that fight, which is something I think that it was. In I a, liked it. I, I did too because in in a, in a sense it kind of it kind of leans into the whole I'm tired of this fight type of thing that you know it, every every other day it's a struggle because we're always constantly fighting we don't have time to rest up so you know it makes sense that Ratko can overpower Belmont at this point because they are so just physically and mentally drained from the journey that they've had since the end of season two. So, um, but again, as usual, Belmont finds a way. And even, even so, Belmont really wasn't the one that killed Ratko, you know. But they find a way to, to stop him, right? Varney, however, is looking for a very specific thing. And he finds it. And that's a specific thing that he needed to... Now, did he really need that to resurrect Dracula? No, he needed... So, here's the thing. When Saint Germain was doing the spell, because he eventually sets up the spell to bring back Dracula successfully. Right. Remember, it created that impossible barrier to penetrate. Although, I guess... Well, it's not like Varney can teleport, so he needed a way to get there really quickly. But... Could he? I don't but, think he can teleport. No. We'll get into that a little bit later because uh, Varney is not exactly who we think Varney is. Yeah. So but the point is, he needed to get to point A to point B really fast because he knows things are afoot. Okay. So, so he uses this giant mirror, and the mirrors are not only used in Castlevania; they have these. Forget what they call they're called, but they're mirrors. You can use them to talk to people. You can also use them to move armies and go from point A to point B. Right. He finds a particularly powerful mirror in this stash at Targoviste, and he uses it to get to Saint Germain, like that. Right. Like it literally deposit deposits him right behind Saint Germain. Yeah. Which to me, I found a little annoying. Because by the time Belmont and Cypher find out what he's trying to do and discover the mirror that was hidden, right? 
the mirror is moving now. Well, that's because he made it unstable by traveling through it. Oh, is that the reason why? Yeah. Okay. Because plot device, you could have just had... Because Alucard, while he was fighting, um, tried to penetrate the barrier and he couldn't. So plot device so that Belmont and Cypher couldn't get there the same way that Varney did. They had it moving throughout the castle. But anyway, they jumped through and now they're there in Dracula's castle with Alucard. Um, Alucard is right now fighting off this giant army of night creatures also. Again, almost as a distraction from what's really going on, which is St. Germain's attempt to resurrect Dracula. Now, the resurrection of Dracula is a little bit different than what you would think because he's not trying to actually bring him back. He's trying to bring both him and Lisa Tepish's souls into a body called the Rebus, right? Yes. And the reason that he's doing that is because the Rebus has now, with the two entities imbued into that body, has the power to control the infinite corridor, which would then enable him to bring back his... To find his girlfriend. Right, exactly. Who's lost in the infinite corridor. Lost, quote-unquote. Quote-unquote. Um, he's had he's had travels within the infinite corridor, and he met a, an alchemist, a being in Quote, yeah, that's in there, and he she's kind of the one that gives him the push. God damn it, you're an alchemist. Start acting like one. Right. So she kind of gives puts the seed into his brain on how to do all of this stuff, which leads to the big reveal. Because Varney, in a very odd, like, so he, he, while the, I'm going to lay it out here. So while this huge battle is taking place in Dracula's castle in, like, the beginning area, and I guess, like, a side or back door, they're bringing in the Rebus. Uh, Like, I guess St. Germain's... I guess. And there's some pretty cool guys that we eventually get to see fight later. Right. The barrier that I mentioned is up. And <laughs> St. Jim is like, oh, crap, I had to take it down. Okay, just give me a minute. But then Varney goes, don't worry. Don't worry about it. I'll do it myself. Which, is, which was weird at the time, right? Because yeah. we're thinking he's just an ordinary vampire. He's a nobody, but mm-hmm. he just goes and does that like he's scratching his butt, like it's that easy. And then, so it's kind of like, wow, okay, so you're not a nobody. And then, as Saint Germain is in like the final throes of completing the spell, he's like, yeah, so I'm not a nobody. Allow me, <laughs> allow me to introduce myself. <laughs> I was the quote-unquote alchemist you met in the Infinite Corridor. But wait, there's more. (laughs) Not only that, I am death. So he's annoyed at pretty much everybody that Dracula died. 
Yeah. So here's the interesting thing because first, when I I was initially like, okay, so Varney wants to bring back Dracula, but he somehow knows about the Rebus plan. How is he not annoyed at that? I thought he wanted Dracula proper. Yeah, that's true. But it turns out that no, that isn't even what he really wants. So it's like you said, he was annoyed that <clears throat> he was annoyed that Dracula got destroyed because Dracula was going to basically kill everyone. Death, Death. on a scale not previously imagined. Right. But he's a vampire. <laughs> yeah, death, death is a vampire, which is weird. <laughs> no, because here, here's the thing. <laughs> death isn't death the way we right. think it is. Mm -hmm. It's not like... It's really just a very, very, very old vampire. Who took on the name of death. Right? And has so many tricks and... 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 and, and uh, spells and knowledge in his repertoire that he can be likened to death. Mm -hmm. But he is... It's not... He, he's a spirit also. It, it's kind of weird. But the point is he's not so much death proper, I guess, as he is a... Uh, he's like a specter almost in a yeah. sense right so he's 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 the vampire equivalent of the embodiment of death yeah and instead of feeding on the blood of humans he feeds off of the Souls, death right exactly so he's like a soul vampire in a sense right yeah um, so he's he's a little annoyed that his uh, the guy that was going to give him nourishment on a scale that's unprecedented kind of just nice. got off, you know. Yeah. So the the whole point is bringing back. Um, by by this time, uh, Alucard, Belmont, and Cipher have kind of beaten back all the night creatures and they finally, finally make it upstairs. <laughs> but at that point it's too late because the spell has been completed and Dracula and Lisa are in the Rebus but not for very long because um, Belmont is able to well, not we'll, 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 they, they split the Rebus let's just say that right yeah. now Let's put it that way. So um, that that leads us to the final battle between um, Death and Belmont, and an amazing uh, listen. The lat the episode eight and nine, in terms of just sheer madness, it was probably the one of the most amazing two episodes that I've seen from an anime in a long time. I mean, it was completely, completely bonkers how much action there was. And the animation style changed, like, how many times? And it was, it was great, right? Yeah. It, it was awesome. But that leads us to the final, the final fight with Death and Belmont, which, again, an awesome fight. But it, it leads us to believe that 
Belmont does defeat death, but it also leads us to believe that Belmont perishes in the fight. And I think this is where Eli is going to have all sorts of problems with the series finale. Well, the last episode. The last two. What was wrong with the last two? We'll get into that. So get into it now because that's where we are. The last we still two. have we still have Army of the Dead to get to. So yeah, yeah. So the the last two the last two episodes, the second to last episode was the fight that ended with Belmont dying. Yeah. So what was wrong with that episode? I didn't really like the antagonist. I I just I felt that there was more to to do with the whole Rebus and oh yeah death. that's true the the battle didn't last that long that was only. That you want to call that the main antagonist? That battle wasn't. That battle was barely anything. That was only like five minutes at most. Well, I think that's pretty decent for for a fight. Yeah, you don't I want it that, lasting like twenty look, minutes. I felt that the main antagonist needed to be expanded on a little bit more. He was just it, there for the last sec, the second to last episode, for only less than a quarter of it. I agree with that. I agree with that. Death, the death reveal came too late in the series and he only lasted like half an episode. So. And the whole build-up to Dracula being resurrected was for nothing since they got off the first, the second that they came back to life. There was no point in that. Okay. You want to bring back... Look, the point of that was to bring back this main antagonist who only showed up for maybe 15 minutes of an episode. That's nothing. That's not good. And then they want to go and off one of the main characters. And then, should I even get into that? Yeah, get into it. Okay. They bring back Trevor Belmont when they portrayed him as him dying, which was absolutely stupid because they had to reach for that. No, they didn't really. Because it oh, was clear, Saint Germain it was just clear happened. he was doing Saint Germain. something. St. Germain just opens the infinite corridor so that I can serve. If you're going to portray someone dying, at least go through with it. Chewbacca, that's like the whole thing with Chewbacca. <laughs> Chewbacca died and then he came back. That, Nobody needed that. That that was pretty cringy. I, I do agree with, with, with Eli in, in certain respects because you know what? Death was kind of given a short shrift as, as a main bad guy. You know, there was no buildup to him. And then all of a sudden he shows up and then all of a sudden he's gone. And the whole point with resurrect Dracula, um, in a sense, I can understand it. But the problem is, is that if Dracula did come back, he'd be a very tough foe to handle. And and so, you know, that, I mean, it took them two seasons to beat him, right? So I, I can kind of get that you get to the point where you actually stop it. I think the whole point of the season was not the actual resurrection of Dracula. It was the the journey for our heroes to stop the resurrection of Dracula. So if you look at it on those in that vein, then I think the season was was pretty good in that sense. No, because the whole point about Belmont dying and coming back, I do agree that was kind of that was stupid. I won't go that, that far. Even, that just completely. There were a couple of things in that last episode that did scratch, did leave me scratching my head. Not only him coming back, 
but the reveal that Dracula and Lisa have been resurrected. Um, it, it that really one, just, that one is probably the one yeah. that I have the most problem. I'll I'll deal with the Belmont thing and say okay if you want to do that. The Dracula and Lisa thing, that one really really came out of left field. Yeah. Okay, but I don't know. I just didn't like the it it really just felt like Carmilla was the main antagonist, which I'm which I'm completely fine with. But you didn't have to go and add that extra part. I think that the show would have been fine with that extra part. Obviously, it wouldn't really fit into the timeline, and that's how you have to fix it. But I didn't really need that part. I really didn't. The whole death thing was, it's almost like you're reaching for a, a new bad. Let's just, why don't we end it with a bang and just introduce death? Let's just put him in there just because he's cool, and let's finish it off with death. That's really what it felt like. Well, here's what I'll say. With with the Belmont thing, um, because thinking about it, I think they could have gone in a different way that would probably have made better sense. And knowing that we're going to get a spinoff of of the Castlevania series, um, even though this is the last season of Castlevania, we are getting a spinoff series um, in the near future. I think maybe a better way to have done the whole Belmont thing is that you know we get we get the sense in the last couple episodes that Sypha is pregnant with uh, Belmont's child. And so I think what, what, and again, this is just me. I'm not, I'm not a writer and anything like this, but I think maybe for me, the better way have done it was to actually kill off Belmont. And then, and then you could have then said that the Belmont name, right? Because he was the 